Hello, everyone, and inside today's Locked On Canadians, we are starting our player season reviews, talking about Josh Anderson and Christian Dvorak. And we're also going to do a flyby look at the insane first night of the NHL playoffs. All that and more inside today's show. For Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 608 of Lockdown Canadians. I had to double-check my notes there. It has been a very long day, and my brain has about three functioning cells left working in it, and they are all bringing you this podcast today. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Matlin. I'm joined, as always, by the active stick, Laura Saba. And Laura, we did promise player reviews, and we're going to dive into that. But first, how are we doing on what is a very rainy day here in Buffalo on uh, this Tuesday evening? It's a little bit, it's gray right now. It was sunny during work hours. And then once work ended and, you know, you were able to go outside, it got cloudy and now it's rainy. So we're kind of living in the same boat. But we did get, a, you know, a, a decent morning for Gila Fleur's funeral, which took place earlier. Um, and um, there obviously was a lot of media coverage. There's a lot of touching moments uh, that I recommend people uh, view if you weren't able to to watch the stream of it. It seems very weird to be like, watch somebody's funeral on the internet. But um, it was very touching and very, very beautiful. Yeah, and I was following the bits and pieces of it. It, it did feel very weird to be like, and here's so-and-so arriving. And I'm like, it's it's not, you know, the Oscars or the Golden <laughs> Globes. I'm like, this is someone's funeral. Like, I get it. It was it was just very strange at first. It did look like a beautiful ceremony. There was obviously a large amount of people there. The entire Canadians team, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, uh, Premier uh, Francois Legault was there as well. It, there was a lot. If we were to list off all the important people that were there, this podcast would take six years to finish and we'd have to have a ceremony for that when we were done. But we are going to launch into player reviews. And the first one and the first and foremost, I think, is our favorite uh, on ice himbo, the power horse himself, Josh Anderson, who fell one goal short of 20 goals on the season. He missed it by inches in the Panthers game. And you can tell it stung him a little bit. And Laura, you and I have both made it very clear what we where we think Josh Anderson is as a player overall this year. But my question for you at the end of the season here with what Martin St. Louis has done, do we think there is a ceiling beyond 20 goals for Josh Anderson as a Montreal Canadian right now? Well, he was injured for quite a bit of the season, I will say that. And obviously, a whole lot of people saw a resurgence uh, after Martin St. Louis. And as we'll see with Josh, that wasn't a consistent, um, uh, you know, occurrence for him. But I think that a healthy 82-game season, you're looking at 25 to 30. I think it's possible. And I'll tell you why. It's because he does one thing really well. And if the Canadians had depth scoring there would be fewer defensemen able or fewer line matching, fewer people, fewer possibilities for line matching to happen, right? So where they were really effective this year was when they had Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, and Josh Anderson on the same line. You don't always want to do that because you want a little bit more on, on that line, you know? But putting Josh Anderson there distracted 
top lines and defensemen of the other team, right? And so he was able to kind of create noise, bull in a china shop, that kind of thing, while the skill players were able to get around him. So if you put him on a lower line with people with a little bit more skill and a little bit more, uh, you know, creative and a little bit more wiry, uh, you know, and, and, and then they're taking up the defenseman's energy or or the team defense energy. I have forgotten how to speak. I don't know how to speak right now. But you know what I mean? Like, if they're taking the attention away from Josh Anderson, he's going to do what he does best, which is barrel at the goalie, score a goal, crash into the boards. I think that the, the thing with Josh Anderson is that he's very one-dimensional. And we love him, but his defense isn't all that great, but we love watching him play. And the thing is like, there is a room for a player like that on a team that is more stacked, that is better stacked, I think. And the difference between him and Mike Hoffman is that he's been able to know how to use his strengths to his advantage. And that's something that I feel like Mike Hoffman has not done. And also Josh Anderson is a little bit more versatile. I just said he's a one trick pony. That may be a little bit of an exaggeration. I do think that, you know, somebody physical, fast, and having the ability to score a few goals, maybe not all the goals, but a few goals um, as part of a complete offense is huge. I think where you fall short is if you try and expect him to be a guy that could be central to the Canadians offense, right? Yeah, and like I'm looking at his full NHL seasons. He has seasons of 17, 19, 27, uh, 17 and 19 goals. So it's his ceiling is in that 20 to 25 goal range. And I think if they can get a consistent lineup, not where he's playing up, down, injured, in, out, power play, not power play, and figure out where he fits in this lineup. And I think that they can kind of unlock some of that potential there. It's like you said, he does one thing very well, and that's to attack the net with speed. And yeah, his defensive game isn't great, but also... Josh Anderson at this point in time should not be put in a position where he's playing heavier defensive minutes. He is a player that you want to hit in transition. Your team gets the puck in the defensive zone. Someone is changing out and Anderson is coming on the ice. So you can hit him in that zone exit and let him do what he does best. And that's barrel towards the net because he does have that game breaking speed to match the physicality in his frame there. And I think that makes him a unique asset to this team here. And my thought is next year is I don't think he should be on Nick Suzuki's line to start next year because Nick Suzuki, as it stands right now, is going to be taking some of those heavy minutes again unless they find out what they're doing with Christian Dvorak, which we will get to him in our next segment, or if it's going to be Shane Wright or Logan Cooley, what can they do to work Anderson into this line of here? Because he's not someone I want to trade. He has a skill set that this team does not possess elsewhere. And like I said, that's his you know size and his speed on that frame. So I'm I'm very curious. I thought he had a good season, but he he doesn't have the consistency to be a star top six player right now. And I'm wondering if there is more to that, if that's something Martin St. Louis can unlock if he gets to rest up a little bit and come into next season. Because we saw him, that line when he was there with Caulfield and Suzuki when St. Louis got hired was red hot. I want to channel that and stretch that over 82 games and see what he can do. I'm not saying he's going to become a 40 goal scorer, but I do think 20 to 25 is within the realm of possibility. And then add in, you know, maybe 20 assists if he's on a good pace here. I don't think he's hit his ceiling yet, but I'm very curious on where that ceiling actually ends 
because he's got the physical gifts. It's just a matter of putting that all together regularly. I just, I also like that he gives the other teams fits, right? Like teams always talk about, or coaches or hockey men or whatever you want to call it. They talk about being tough to play against. And there's many ways of being tough to play against. And if you have tough to play against where they're grinding, physical, slow, trap, whatever, that's not necessarily a recipe for success. But in a way that when you're fast enough and skilled enough, I think sometimes his brain can't match the speed of his body. So if Martin St. Louis can teach him a little bit more creativity uh, and a little bit more versatility, I think, you know, I don't think it's going to change him as like transform him as a player, but I think you can get a little bit more out of him. And I like when, if you're thinking, okay, they're tough to play against, they're fast and they're, you know, they're skilled, they're fast, they're, they give you fits. And Josh Anderson is a guy that gives the opponents fits. I appreciate that. Brendan Gallagher does it in a completely different way, but you know, the thing with the thing with Josh Anderson is just simply that you can't expect him to be more than he is. And you have to take what he brings and put him in the optimal position, which a lot of players are like that. And I think Martin St. Louis is smart enough to do that. And speaking of putting players in the right position to succeed, we're going to talk about Christian Dvorak coming up in just one moment. But first, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto and with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models of cars, it's always impossible to find what you're looking for at your local chain auto parts store. And it can be sometimes pointless, even intimidating to get questioned by the guy behind the counter where you're just looking for something simple and it becomes a little bit more difficult. So that's why rockauto.com exists. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. And you can save 30, 50, even 100% compared to a chain store. And family business serving do it for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every single customer, whether you need brake parts, taillights, even new carpet for your car. They have everything that you are possibly looking for. So please go check out their easy to use website and find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. All right, so we have two player reviews today. We're going to try and knock them out as we go. Some days will have more. Some days might have less. It all depends on what's happening around the NHL. And this one goes to one of probably the more difficult players to analyze this year just because of the way the team was set up and his personal injury things. Christian Dvorak, who we talked about in our three up, three down, and on Monday's episode under Martin St. Louis was scoring at a phenomenal rate, better than anyone on the team. And I look at his second half of the year after he came back after suffering a real nasty injury where Jared Spurgeon elbowed him in the back of the head and nothing was done on that. He came back and with a consistent defined role and at least mostly defined line mates, Christian Dvorak had a really strong second half of the season. There were trade rumors and everything else. And he's someone that I would like to keep around. I know that there are likely to be suitors for him that are going to look at him and go, this is our 2-3-C next year, and that's going to be perfect. I look at him and I go, this is a guy who should be playing in that middle six there, and that if they need to take Shane Wright and bump him down because they want a more experienced guy out there, they have Christian Dvorak to do that. He killed penalties. He played on the power play. He played pretty big minutes at five on five. And the hardest part I think about his season is that it's always going to be like, well, they let Yasperi Kotkaniemi go in an offer sheet to sign him or to trade for him this year. 
I, I'm I'm not upset about that in that I like Christian Dvorak as a player and I think he has his uses and I think Martin St. Louis found that it, it's it's almost the polar opposite of Anderson that you wouldn't have known what Dvorak did on this team to start the year but by the end of it you went oh that's actually a really good smart player on this team and he's someone that I would very much like them to keep around because beyond him the center depth even if they get Shane Wright is not ideal right now. I absolutely agree with you. I think part of the context, too, is that they lost Philippe Deneau. So the defensive center was gone, right? And then Kotkaniemi was supposed to take a step up, and then Carolina offersheeted him. And it made no sense to keep him. Like, I, it literally made no sense to keep Kotkaniemi at that dollar amount. And I personally also just think that with Christian Dvorak, I didn't realize that he's only 26 years old. Um, he is a young player that still, like, has you know, he's entering his prime, right? And he does so many things exactly like you said. He kills penalties. He's got he's got some offensive ability. He's a great third line center. He's a good second line center. I was pleasantly surprised with his game under Martin St. Louis, but I still see fans clamoring for him to be traded. It's like, why do we need this guy? Like, it's a waste of time or whatever. You know, so glad we got this guy. It feels like very weird and snarky. Like, I don't, I don't understand what that attitude is about. I mean, he, like many players on this team, were put in a position. It wasn't their choice. Like, they were just thrust into a position and asked to do a lot more than they're capable of. And in the second half of the season, personally, I found that he he reached that 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 you know what they were expecting of him, what they wanted from him, what they needed from him. If you try and say, you know. He's going to be the next Philippe Deno. That's not going to work. Philippe Deno is a special player. We're only like really realizing that in the last couple of years. Not a whole lot of people have that level of two-way play. Most of the people who have that level of two-way play are Selkie winners, right? So like, I think personally, like a lot of players on this team, the expectation is what drives our attitude towards him. I was impressed with him throughout the season. And even before, you know, they, that that line, that Dvorak, uh, uh, Anderson, Jonathan Drouin line found a lot of chemistry. They were for a long time under the abysmal uh, play or during the abysmal play. They were the only line that was producing anything. That, that was the only bright spot for the Canadians in all those games that they were losing badly. So I personally think that he's got a little bit more vers versatility than we think. And unless you get good value for him, why trade him? That's the thing is that he's here right now. Like people seem to be in a hurry to get rid of Jeff Petrie, Christian Dvorak, all these people. And it's like, yes, if you can get value for him, that's great. But your rebuild isn't going to be over in this offseason. You're still going to be, I'm sorry to say, you're still going to be in rebuild mode next season, right? It's not going to turn around and turn into a cup contender. And if it is, like, honestly, great. Come, come back and remind me of this moment where I said this. But I personally think that they've got some time and some flexibility to make some decisions so if they can get good value for all of these players that are taking up a lot of uh, of cap space on, on on this roster sure do it if you don't like when you get rid of somebody like christian dvorak you have to figure out who's going to replace him in terms of penalty killing who's going to replace him in the center depth who's going to replace him in terms of the assists like and scoring and offense so unless the canadians get shane wright or logan cooley and then they they decide, all right, we're just going to be one of those weird fire, what, what do you call it? Run and gun kind of teams? Fire wagon hockey. Fire wagon hockey. We're like, you, you, you know, everything's just all over the ice and you allow a lot of goals and then you, you, you score a lot of goals and it's just all up in the air. Unless they decide to do that, like, I think it's so worth keeping Christian Borak around. 
And, and I look at it this way is that if you're going to keep him, you need to find line mates that fit him. You cannot ask him to carry on Mike Hoffman and Josh Anderson at the same time, because as, we, as we've established, they are not defensively viable options right now. And you don't want to take apart the top line because Suzuki and Caulfield have been working. So their goal is to find something that works with Christian Dvorak. And I think Arturi Lekkinen was that guy, and he is now gone. Yol Armia is back in Finland. Tyler Toffoli could have been one of those guys. He is now a Calgary Flame. And so he played well with Josh Anderson at the end of the year. So you can have one or the other. You cannot have both. So the biggest thing when I look at what we need for uh, Christian Dvorak is they need to find him viable wingers for this season. And if that's the case, you keep him around. And I think that there's value to be had there. He set a new career high in points this year. It's not the most impressive thing in the world, but they were a bad team. And he, the Coyotes were also a bad team. He's only 26 years old, so he's not exactly old. He's just exiting his prime. There is value to be had there. He's not going to be Philip Deneau. I don't think anyone expects him to be Philip Deneau because – he was a Selkie candidate that they let walk for any number of reasons, but that's an entirely different thing. Is I, I this is a guy that I want to three C next year that they can alternate with Shane Wright or Logan Cooley depending on what they do. If they pick Cooley, the chances are he's going to college anyway, so they're still going to need another center there. And if it's Shane Wright, you got to make sure you can ease him, and you can't just go. You are our number one defensive center this year because that's how you absolutely toast someone before they even start their career. I, I like Dvorak, and I do wish that we got to see a full season of him because as he was figuring it out, he got injured, and he came back, and he's quiet. He does things in a way that you don't notice them at first, and I think that's a very – that's not a backhanded compliment. If you can quietly go about putting up points in a game, you do that. I don't care. There's still points on the board. There are goals in the back of the net, and I think that's a strong thing. Nick Suzuki wows and you know stuns us every night. And Christian Dvorak can quietly pick up a couple of points and no one even notices because that's just how he is. It's all very understated in the way that he plays. And I mean that in a, as a compliment to him. You just got to get him some wingers next year. Don't trade him unless you are guaranteed to be landing someone else to play center on this team because all due respect to Jake Evans, he is not a top six center and he isn't going to be, I don't think, anytime soon. You got to make sure you insulate those young guys who are coming in. And I think Christian Dvorak is the perfect guy for that. Yeah. No notes. Perfect. <laughs> it, it's rare that someone says they have no notes on things like that. And uh, as we are recording this before we do, jump into our final segment here, I want to make it known we're recording this well night two of the playoffs is going on. So we will always be a little bit about 12 hours behind on what we're discussing. So coming up in our next segment, though, we're going to talk about night one of the playoffs because there is a lot to cover. Mike Smith turned into a pumpkin. The Leafs and the Bolts played a very stupid game. The Minnesota Wild got away with something extremely dirty. And then there was also the Bruins and Carolina Hurricanes also played, I guess. All that's going to be coming up in our next segment. But first, if you have followed this show forever, you know that we love Built Bar on this podcast. And summer is coming. And with summer, you're going to need food on the go. Hiking season's cut right around the corner if you're me. Bring Built Bar with you. Bring the Built Puffs. Chocolate-covered, protein-infused marshmallow. Everything you could possibly want in that. If you got kids, put them in their lunch. It's a great treat. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. 130 calories, low sugar, low net carbs, 17 grams of protein. And they are so versatile. You can have them on the way to work. 
have them after your workout, have them on the hike. Like I was saying, there is something for everyone. And there's so many flavors that there is something there for everyone. If you go to built.com and use promo code lock 15, you're going to get 15% off your order. So go check it out. They're always adding new flavors and that's promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com. All right. So the playoffs have begun in the NHL. The Montreal Canadiens are not participating, but I do want to make it known that remember last year, Toronto blew a three, one series lead to the Montreal Canadiens. That is very important. Do we want to start in the Toronto series where Kyle Clifford did something insanely stupid. And then Tampa Bay just did a whole bunch of insanely stupid things as they lost five, nothing to the Toronto Maple Leafs and Tampa just kind of looked like they slept walked through the entire game until they started a fight late in the period. And it was just, it wasn't even enjoyable to watch. It's not like, Oh, Tampa got goalied or this or that. They just played a really crappy game and Toronto was just kind of like, okay, we're just going to kind of score when we, you give us the opportunity to that's the series I was most excited for because it's two high skill teams and they just played this extremely mediocre mess of a game and it had an ejection seven minutes in. It had a suspension, a whole bunch of fines. It, it It's almost unbecoming of a team of those, of those calibers. I absolutely agree with you. So we were recording during that game, <laughs> dis, dis, disclaimer. Uh, so I went and looked at the highlights and the highlights were mostly lowlights. Uh, the game story was, you know, it like you could talk about, you know, a massive amount of goals or whatever. You could talk about Toronto not, um, for lack of a better word, stepping on their own, you know what, uh, to start a playoff series. And instead what happened was just like, goonery like there there was very little rhythm to that game from what I could tell and I honestly I just feel like you look forward to the playoffs for a reason because things just like get kicked up a notch and I personally think that getting unnecessarily violent doesn't really add anything to that experience right some series are duds they turn out to be boring even though you expect them to be fun this one wasn't a dud as much as it was annoying it feels like do you remember there was a flyers penguin series i want to say it was like in 2012 or something like that and everybody thought there was going to be so much skill and all they did was kill each other i, I enjoyed like that. that series though because <laughs> one neither goalie could make a save every game ended like eight six it was stupid hockey, the dumbest, absolute dumbest hockey I've ever watched. And I would give anything again to feel that rush of adrenaline of watching those two idiot teams run <laughs> headlong into each other for seven games. Right. Except that these two teams don't have enough of that toughness and they have more of that skill. Right. I, I'm very interested to see what game two has for this because Tampa got embarrassed like physically and on the score sheet. And at that point, you got to do something, and I don't think they're going to let a 5 nothing score line stand. Nikita Kucherov more intent on just, you know, trying to draw calls and anything else. And it was, it was quite frankly embarrassing, and I'm wondering where this team was last year against the Canadians in the Stanley Cup final. Uh, and to shift things a little bit, I guess we'll do the player the Department of Player Safety thing now, is that Jared Spurgeon uh, – cross-checked a guy in the ankle and i my first thought when i heard about this is i'm like did he like fall down he fell uh, a blues player was on one knee going to get up and jared spurgeon is behind him after being knocked down took his stick and purposely tried to cross-check it right across the guy's achilles 
And he was fined the maximum allowable under the CBA, which is a joke because it's about as clear-cut intent to injure as you can get. And the league went, nah. And I think that considering they suspended Clifford for his hit, I can't believe this only got a fine. And it's that was already a very rough and tumble series. There were so many penalties in that game that didn't feature any fights or anything. And something like that's only going to make it worse because the Blues are going to feel aggrieved because he wasn't punished. And the Wild are going to feel like they can get away with a lot more because he wasn't punished. It's a powder keg waiting to happen. And it goes back to what we keep talking about, about the Department of Player Safety and the inconsistency. Like for me, if you're going to say that you are going to measure on impact, so like you wait to see if the guy's concussed or whatever before you make your decision, but also intent is a factor. Like I think for me, you have to be like, is there intent? And then the secondary is the impact because sometimes like, plays are just unfortunate and people get hurt but in the case that you're watching a guy literally deliberately like cross-check somebody with his stick I think that the intent even if even if the player doesn't, doesn't get injured even if the player returns for the next shift whatever happens like you see the intent there you gotta call it we talked about this in terms of uh with 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 uh, officiating as well you have to send a clear message it has to be clear it has to be consistent so when you're not punishing intent to injure you're sending a message to everybody and that to me is the thing that bothers me is that yes, it's like you could look at the rules and be like the rules stipulate that blah, 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 like you really can't give more than a $5,000 fine for this, right? But just criminalize intent to injure then. And the the last thing is the Bruins hurricane series, nothing really of note happened there except for, you know, the hurricanes beat the Bruins 5-2. Uh, like. yeah, which... we, we hope they kill each other, but we like I was just saying, like, I don't know who to root for in this series. I hate both of these teams pretty equally. <laughs> but uh, the Kings and the Oilers played the late game, and I was upwriting Logan Cooley's draft profile and watching it in the background. And when I say Mike Smith, Mike Smith, the most Mike Smith he ever Mike Smith, oh, my God, Connor McDavid might stab him before this series is over. <laughs> McDavid scored a five-on-one goal, which was incredible, and then Mike Smith immediately gave it back. And he had a nine-game heater to end the season. He was incredible. And the Oilers went, hell yeah, that's our guy. And then he went, bet, and immediately filled his diaper in the first game. And the Oilers' entire season and their core of McDavid and Dreisaitl and all this other stuff hinges on a guy who goes on nine-game heaters and then 20-game Coolers, colders, whatever. I don't know. Losing Meltdowns. Meltdown. Whatever we want to call it. <laughs> and that game was terrible. Jonathan Quick looked good. About as good as you can expect of Jonathan Quick in 2022. And I just look at Mike Smith and I go, he's going to cost the greatest player in the league right now. The far and away most talented guy. An actual demigod on ice. A chance to play for a Stanley Cup because he's terrible. And he has another year on his contract. I'm not an Oilers fan by any stretch. And I think it's funny when they fail. But if I was an Oilers fan or if I'm Connor McDavid, I'm looking at this going, you start Stuart Skinner in the next game or you're trading me the minute the season is over. It's yeah. abysmal. I like it. It's hilarious. I hope that series goes seven games and all of them feature Mike Smith making an ass of himself. <laughs> but how maddening must it be? Honestly. It <laughs> Honestly, because this is the thing is that I don't really care about the Oilers either way. I truly do not. Right. But this is funny. 
And it's funny because it's one of those things where it happens all the time. It everybody saw us. this coming. Everybody. Literally everybody. Everybody saw this coming. And not only did they re-sign him when they could have just not done that, they're starting him in the playoffs. And it just, like, this is one of those things. It's like the definition of madness is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Like, it's just, it's so funny and it's so bad. I feel bad because like, I'm sure that there are, you know, there are some people that deserve a playoff success over there in Edmonton, but I just, it's like, I can't stop laughing about it because it is just too fun. It is objectively funny. For all the Simpsons fans out here, this is Sideshow Bob stepping on a rake, but every rake is Mike Smith. And it's like, <laughs> this could be easily avoided and you keep doing it. And it's, it, it blows my mind. Uh, we will obviously be back with more playoff updates and more play reviews tomorrow. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. Subscribe on YouTube as we get into draft season and prospect coverage, everything else. Follow my fantastic co-host at The Active Stick and follow myself at Scott Matla. And when you are done checking us out, making us your first listen or first watch or whatever of the day, please check out Lockdown NHL where they will have all of your playoff updates every single night from all of our local hosts. We thank you so much and we will see you all next time.